Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. We are pleased um, to bring Tim Shaw from the Black Cat Lounge Show. He's accomplished. I mean, I could spend the next 10 minutes just talking about this, everything that he's been involved in at, from his TV shows, Ghost Lab, Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunters, Ghost Stops on Spikes, Destination Marriage, Paranormal Lockdown. You just go through it. He uh, brought back, um, during COVID, he brought back the Blackout Lounge show on the video format. And you can follow that on YouTube. And so, and I'm checking that out. He had some mutual friends, Joey and Tanya Medea on there. And that was a fantastic show and absolutely loved it. And everybody sit back, enjoy this one. Tim Shaw is next. Welcome to the Three Beards Podcast. My name's Craig, along with Austin and Chris. Passed to a new generation of Americans born in this century. Let me out. Austin's going to be lurking in the background right now. It's a little chaotic on his end, so we're waiting for that. So he'll be manning the chat and talking to you guys as we do that. But at this time, let's bring Tim Shaw onto the show. How are you, sir? Nope. I think it's so cool that you guys invited me on. It's an honor to be on. And let me oh, tell you something. You guys definitely have righteous beards. And if there's one thing that I can appreciate is a beard because, you know, I lost my ponytail in 1996. So the beard had to suffice. So you guys yeah. are beautiful. I can't, beautiful human beings. I can't do the ponytail. That, that's just, it's, it's, it's one of the, I just, so I, I keep the hat on or I shave the head. That's pretty much I, all that happens now. I just shave it now. I went from, I went from a ponytail to a thread. And then I just yeah. said, what am I keeping this for? What is this ridiculous? <laughs> Off it went. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, everybody, thank you for sharing it. Appreciate that. You know, Michael, hello. You know, Chassis, hello. Mark, hello. We got everybody tuning in. Yeah, I I mean, just right off the bat, I mean, I, I did it right in the beginning. I mentioned Joey and Tony and Medea um, before the show. We were talking about it, too. Just what a fantastic show you had with them. I really love the way you start start out the show. The way you interacted with the guests. I mean, everybody go to YouTube channel. You can go to Black Hat Lounge and subscribe there. Uh, this fantastic shows. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it, and it's just I don't I don't. It's just it's just the way 
especially the way you interacted with Joey and Tanya and your other guests. I just, I really like it. It just, it's kind of the, what I always strive for. I want the guests to be at ease. I want everybody exactly. to just be themselves. Exactly. And you, first of all, when you have quality guests like them, it's not hard to actually go and have a great show because they have something to say, they're accomplished, and that's fantastic. But the big thing that a lot of people, now you're going to laugh because I'm going to go back many, many moons ago, about 15, no, longer than 15 years now, close to 20. I wanted to do an audio podcast way back then. And I went and I bought a book called Podcasting for Idiots or Podcasting for Dummies. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I got out of that book was always be prepared, make sure that you script everything out, make sure it flows, and make sure that you always respect your guest. And that's what I that's what I try to strive for. And and I guess I've been successful at it. Hey, look at that other bearded dude. He's cool. He, he finally, dude, he finally showed up. <laughs> that's the Viking. Yeah, and you have three kids. Valhalla, Valhalla is in the room, baby. Valhalla. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a tiny tiny picture but there there's the book that's it i yeah, you know what that book is what taught me everything that i basically know about broadcasting now uh because of the fact that it's a universal idea i mean you guys put on a great show well thank you, you guys thank do you. your homework though that's what's so impressive that's why i said yeah to your show because you guys do your homework and you respect you know we all laugh and stuff but i mean mm-hmm. you're respectful and that's what's so that's what's so important about what we do, and uh, there's nothing worse than a dude sitting there, and he, you know, one guy's in the one guy's smoking there and going, "Hey, uh, how you doing?" And the other guy's sucking a beer and falls asleep behind him. I've been on shows like that. <laughs> oh early my god! On my career, early on in my career, when I first started, you know, doing like uh, uh, out of state conferences and that sort of thing, uh, I had a girl interview me and i'd hear and she was actually sitting in front of a uh, of a coffee house getting the, her free wi-fi <laughs> and that was the interview that was oh my did God. that's an hour so i oh, mean fantastic you know when you start looking at that you want to try to go and have something that's a little bit more professional and you guys do a nice job and i'm th- i'm thankful that you guys invited me on well, thank well you so it, much. yeah, I really appreciate that. And, you know, too, it's um, with some of the people that are joining in, too. Michael Sanchez, hey, by the way, you know, happy birthday from all of us, man. As, happy birthday, know, your, brother. It's your birthday. You know, Craig, Craig from Paramara, we've had them on. And, you know, it's his birthday. Happy birthday to you as well. Um, but, yeah, you that's the thing I really appreciate, especially in shows, is ones that look like yourself. You have done your homework. When, when you have the people on, you know what you're – you know what you're getting into because you can tell when somebody's like, uh, uh, you know, looking around. They're like, so, so, do you like pins? I, I love pins. <laughs> do you like are pins? Cool. <laughs> well, you know the the craziest. I'll tell you. The, I'll tell you the craziest interview I ever had. Now I knew uh, the late uh, Raymond Buckland. I knew him pretty well. He's the guy that brought the organized witchcraft sort of religion to the u.s and um he was like a walking encyclopedia and for every guest that i have i always prepare 15 to 20 questions i never get to them because usually the guests are that great but i have them just in case i need to fill time 
Well, I made the fatal mistake because I respected this guy so much. And I said, Ray, the first time I had him on the show, I said, Ray, I said, let me just go over some of the questions that I'll ask you tonight. You know what that guy did in the first 20 minutes? He answered every question that I had asked him. Oh, no. At that point, I was like, what do I do? But luckily, we weren't doing video at the time. Everything was audio. So I had his books next to me, and I would just go, (laughs) and then I'd like... Listen, on page 45 of, of Solitary of, of solitary Wicca, you stated that, <laughs> you know, and he would yeah. go off and he would talk about it. But so, I mean, you can't do that now, of course, because, you know. Yeah, it's like, because, you know, like people say, you know, I have. <laughs> I'm impressed yeah, you know, because so, I do the same thing. I have yeah, because they'll send me like book, you know, when we have some of the authors on, they'll send me these. And one of the things that. You know, Mark Eddy, who's really helped us out. One of the, when he get the you get these pressers mm-hmm. that they give you all. You know, we just had we just had Taylor Moore on for his new book Downrange. Well, right. they gave me this presser. They gave me all these questions. Well, every interview he's on, they're asking these same questions. Right. So one thing that he he really impressed on me, and through watching stuff like watching your show and other ones, you do the same thing too. Is you ask the questions that haven't been asked. Well, that's just that's just going and and actually paying attention to your guest. I go and I try to listen to every guest I have, and, and you know, I mean, I can do it. You know, I'm I would say I'm like semi-retired. I'm retired from like my real job, but I've got so many other things and you know, irons in the pot. But I try to go and I try to listen to two of their podcasts, former you know, last podcasts, and see what people are asking them, and then I want to go and I want to like change it up a little bit. I want to know a little bit more. I'm a big guy about backstories. I love backstories. What happened? Why did you, you know, not like, how mm-hmm. did you get into, how did you get into the field? What was your, you know, what was ever this and that? I want to know what was the big, what was the point? What was the pinnacle point that just pushed you over the edge and now you're part of this? Or what caused you yep. to create this book? And what do you believe in X, Y, and Z? And if if there is a book available, I never try to go and, and read any of the any of the press. I try to go and read at least three quarters of that book, and um, so I know what I'm doing. And I just want to make sure that you know people. And I want my I want the people to come back. You know, I remember when the Booth Brothers. Yeah, there you go, baby. You got it. I got. I got a. I got a. I got a question for you though. Um, you got it, Chris, baby. You beautiful human being, true humanitarian. I look at you and this. You know what? I. I. Where's my shades, man? You're just so beautiful. I wish I had sunglasses on right now. So. So making me blush, and I'm not. You're not talking about me. So with all your expertise in the different fields, um, I've asked this question to numerous people not on the air. Just nobody can give me an answer. And looking at your story and listening to you talk, I'm sure you've studied and dabbled into why, how are they the same? How are these, these religions that on the other side of the traditional religion field, how are they similar? You know, you got shamanism, you've got voodoo, you've got voodoo, you've got Ifa, you've got Santeria, you've got, you got all Satanism, these- uh, uh, you've got all the different... Uh, variations of the craft out there you want to know you, you want to know what the one thing the one thing that i have found and i studied comparative religions in the past is doing to others as you would have them do to you that is almost universal right across 
right across the, yep. the board. I mean, if you start looking, you know, and then like, of course, you know, like in Satanism, if somebody walks across your field, you ask them not to do it uh, and they do it again, kill them. That's, that's like part of their, their credo. Uh, it's not so, you know, it's not literal, but you never know. But these are things that you have to, you start looking at. And when you start, I start finding, I found more, uh, more parts of other religions that like resonate with each other. I went to years ago, I went to a great lecture, uh, the president, the past president of the national spiritual association of churches and Gelman had married a former Jesuit theologian. You want to talk about something like, like, wow. like crazy. So I'm like all set. I'm sitting in there going, man, this is going to be like crazy. I'm going to like get all this information. I'm going to figure out what, what, what's like, you know, why everybody's at loggerheads and everything. The only thing that was different, there's two things that were different. The divinity of Christ, of course, instead of one being God, the other, you know, the other, you know, spiritualism considers him a great teacher. And the names, the monikers of the things that were, you know, that they did, you know, the, you know, the, the miracles, which like, you know, we just consider, you know, everyday things, you know, in the spiritualist religion, but there really wasn't that big of a, that big of a, a, of a schism, man. That was like, that was like mind blowing to me. And from that point on, I realized that you start looking at every religion. They're all basically the same. They really are. Whether now you look at you look at the sacrifice of of in like like Catholicism, you look at the the, sacri the sacrificial lamb, and you're looking you're you're consuming the host and all you know the body you know the wine turns in the blood. That's not literal, but in other religions they sacrifice goats, which I mean harkens back to you know Judeo early Judeo times. Mm -hmm. Uh, you, you, and they still do it, in, you know, in the Santeria, and you know, I mean, you start looking at it, but the reason for it is almost all the same. And to me, that what's that's what makes what I do beautiful to me because I get excited over it because I realize now, you know, when I meet all these, you know, I get a chance to meet some crazy ass people. I love that, you know. Yeah. And what I love is the fact that we're no longer this far apart. Mm -hmm five minutes into the conversation we're this far apart that just blows my mind and i i love it i just absolutely love it and but then i also have a, a deep respect for what people believe where a lot of people are sort of like you know you have to you know i i don't people sometimes dismiss the traditions and religions of other and of other people whereas absolutely. as far as i'm concerned I mean, everybody, every religion, every tradition needs to be respected. And if you do that, awesome. you would not have all this craziness that's going on in the world. I mean, yeah. you're, you always have radicals. Don't get me wrong. There's oh, yeah. radicals all over the place. But as a whole, when it comes to, you know, the book work, when it comes down to the basic dogma, you know, it'll it, it calms down and you start seeing those similarities, which I love more than anything else. You know, I grew I grew up in I grew up. Baptist, but mm -hmm. no Baptist preacher I've ever ran across. I mean, I'm sure there's some out there, you know, they say I'm prophets, I'm this, I'm that, but no one has ever came close to me as a Babalao, a priestesses. They, t they go in deep when you have a ceremony or you yes, know, when you, absolutely. They, they can tell you stuff that you didn't even know about yourself. That's like psychic mediums, but some psychics don't even know about the religion of Ifa and Santeria. 
So, you know, we've had plenty of psychics on and they see my beads. They don't, they don't recognize them. They don't, I mean, if they do, they don't say much, but it's like a priestess can tell you, Hey, this is going on. And you're like, wait a minute. How do you, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. And you know, yeah. it seems like in the back, it's wild. Religion, it seems like in the Baptist religion, you've been praying for that new car. You're going to get that new car. But no, the priest. I'm feeling it, brother. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Chris, Chris, I want, I want everybody right now. I, everybody right now. I want everybody to go into your wallet. Go into your wallet. I want to take one dollar. Just take one thin dollar and send it to Three Beards Podcast. Put your, put your hand on that screen you, right now. Oh, put your and, hand and on that you screen. You will be. You know. I mean, I understand. But you know. You know. You know they don't I use. I understand their- what you're saying. But no, send the dollar. That honestly, take if, if you got anything out of that, send the dollar. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, you can't expect them to use their gift for free. The priestesses and the Babylons, you can't expect them to use their gift for free. But they go in depth on life, past life experiences, transgressions. They hit it all. And that's how I've some people, that's how I think most people really start to believe in the religion. When they can tell you, hey, you was a toddler. You did this. Call your mom and ask her, hey, mom, did I do this? Yeah, you did that. And that's because you're <laughs> the son of Shango or you're the son of right. Oshun. I mean, it's and it's and oh it's my really, god, yeah. It, and that's this like is, so Chris, this is what this is. I'll tell you what really screwed me with the with the spiritualist churches. I'm just come right out and tell you. Now, you know, I mean I was brought up Roman Catholic and spiritualist. Oh, you're right? in a safe space, trust me. Yeah, if I, if I figured, I know that. But I mean, my 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 family, my father's side, were spiritualists back to the eighteen eighties. Now, I followed. I was. I joined this church. I loved the church more than anything else. I love. I followed that dogma blindly. I I I let. And I was older. You know. I you know. I was. Let, I just was pablum fed. That's fine. But what really pissed me off was they turned around and they said. Well, you know, this is crap. This is garbage. This is this. Now, spiritualism was always supposed to have been like this free thinker society. But yet they were condemning all these other practices. And that only pushed me out further to go out and, and experience it for myself. I mean, I worked with with uh, Native American uh, uh, medicine men. Uh, I've worked with uh, really wonderful people all these years. And I got to tell you one thing, I learned more about myself. I learned more about spirituality than I ever did being part of that church. And that to me was a shame. And that's what pushed, they literally did not want me to serve the podium and they literally kind of pushed me out. Now, of course, that I was on network TV and all that crazy ass stuff, all of a sudden now I, you know, oh, why don't you come back to the church? Oh, yeah, this and this. And, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, you know, I'm not your prize bull. I ain't going to go and walk around anymore. You guys screwed up bad. You know, I ain't going to support you guys. But, I mean, that's the problem. People miss that. People don't get that. And the other thing that people don't get is that, you know, all religions start off good. <laughs> they all start off for the betterment of man or their congregates or whatever. And eventually eventually almost every single one of them get corrupted by men. So what it is, is that I have gone and I've just like, I, I consider myself a spiritualist. I still go to a, a a national spirit association of church. Uh, I still go to their, some of the, some of their uh, services. I live an hour away from the Lily doll assembly. So I stop out there, but I don't consider myself religious. 
because I, religion is created by man. I consider myself spiritual because spirituality is a covenant between you and the deity or your gods or or whoever yep. you universal intelligence, whatever you Agreed believe completely. And that is what really cements you. That is what drives you. That is what the passion should be all about. Not serving an organization, but serving spirit or serving whoever and going out there and treating your fellow men as, as equals and, and helping where you can. And that to me is what's so important. And, and Chris, you brought up baby. If I was there with you, I would high five you right now, right in the head. Bang. I would hit you right in the head because, I, because you brought up a fantastic point. Fantastic. Nice. point. Yeah. And then if you notice he dropped off because he has one of those, like those cheap hotel, um, like vibrating bed things where you have to drop the quarters in it to keep it shaking. That's his internet. So if he forgets to put the quarter in, it just suddenly just starts freezing and he just drops off. Yeah. Because me and Craig, me and Craig has tossed around the idea in the Bible. It says, I will not worship any other God before me or thereafter me. So mm -hmm. what Jesus recognized there was other deities you know, versus just him. So he, exactly. he th they cast you out when you say, well, I do this or I do that. Exactly. You know? And, you know, we had a guest on a couple weeks ago and she says, well, there's angels that's left behind in hell. So when you get that chance, she's only seen two people get out of hell, but there's an angel, there's angels left down there by her terminology that says, hey, um, did you make a mistake? Do you want to go to heaven or, you know, whatever, whatever. So, I mean, I'm praying that's the case. If I'm not living in the straight and narrow path that I'm supposed to be living in, then, hey, hopefully I get that chance to say, you're about to die? God, please come into my life and take me to heaven. Hey, I mean, I'll be willing to do that. But Well, you know, like with me, I'll be honest with you, like with the spiritualist religion, uh, right now there's so much – it's so hybrid right now that it's 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 tough to really get a hold of what the original precepts were. And I'll be honest with you, when I was brought up again, Roman Catholic, uh, you know, you have you know, you have all your saints and you have your deities and that sort of thing. But like the Trinity and that. But like the other side was there is no heaven. There is no hell. There is no angels. There is no demons. It's either negative energy, positive energy. When we die. Like the old, the old religion was like, we're, we're going to the summer land where you rest and, you know, you, if you believe in reincarnation, believe in that, or you work to improve yourself or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but like with me, uh, that's why I think I'm pretty successful doing what I do is because of the fact that I just, I'm just, I, I, I've taken that whole personality out where like angels have personalities you know i don't believe yep. that i believe that they are if there are angels i believe that they're highly intelligent they're highly evolved they're all energetic and they can do anything likewise you get some negative energy it's the same thing you know they they you know they can they can cause havoc in your life or whatever but you just have for me i i just think to myself you know if if I live a decent life and like, you know, let's just go real quickly on, on the whole topic of protection because I teach seance. I teach, I have 70 Ouija boards. I have, I have like two, I have two full, I have two full cases of haunted objects and, and all this stuff that, is, that have come from <laughs> haunted locations. I have it right now. Actually, it's right in the other side of my laptop here. Like we're talking 10 feet away. And my whole thing is this, I believe, and I was taught 
that if you leave a live a decent life, I'm not talking perf a perfect life because I'm by by no means I'm like definitely not the perfect person. But uh, you know, if you leave if you live a decent life and you try to help out, and I believe that we're all here for specific reasons. You know, we go through different earthly trainings to do things. I mean, you know, and if you do that and you and you and you fulfill what your destiny is then you won't have a problem. You'll just go on. And to me, uh, you know, I'm not one of these guys. I used to work with a Pentecostal. I used to love every time, every time I got in trouble at work, they used to put in the same truck with a Pentecostal because they thought that they, that they were, no, they, they thought that they were like punishing me, but I thought it was the greatest thing in the world because I'd go and I, you know, I talked to him about passages in the Bible. I'd have a Bible with me because I always kept one in my locker. So just in case I was working with him so I could read stuff, it was the greatest thing in the world. But he believed that, by increasing his tithe, his his donations, monetary donations, he would go and he would be on a cloud closer to God. And I mean, to me, at the end of the rainbow, I hope that, you know, whether you believe in reincarnation, whatever, I'm hoping to believe that, or I'm hoping for myself, I lose my ego, I lose my whole personality. I just become part of everything. You know, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I, that's what I'm seeing you know, my, my end days, you know, as, but, uh, probably not. Cause I'm going to come back as, I'm going to come back as Chris's uh, little brother. So I can just aggravate him all day long. So yeah, there you go. Warning. <laughs> I'm warning you, Chris. So wait a minute, I got to write that down so I can, I can meditate on you, it. You'll come back as his grandson. Then, you know, then he won't have a choice. He, he's going to have to, enter, <laughs> he'll enter, have to entertain it. No, I was going to, but it's one of the things that they say, the fastest way to become rich is to start a religion. Yeah, that's it, that's well, it, it, you know, it depends. I mean, you know, I, I do know some small uh, denominations that are dedicated to uh, helping, serving, uh, you know, the downtrodden and, and, you know, they open up soup kitchens and they, they put their money where their mouth is and uh, their and their labors. So that's a little different. I mean, that's that's different. But there's a lot of people out there that, you know, I mean, I feel bad for the people that, uh, uh, you know, support these grand you know, I mean, we won't name drop, but there's there's a, there's a there's a organization that has a that has an ocean you know corporation, and they they they're somewhere around the Clearwater um, region of Florida, and there's this giant thing that a lot of movie stars are part of, and it's it's one of those things, like I said, but we're not going to say any names. Yeah, we, yeah, well, yeah, we we all watch the special on A and E. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we, we have two we have two questions. From one of our one of our um, longtime guests, she wants to know um, why would anybody keep haunted objects? Are you keeping them for a purpose, or you just you just store them because you thought they were neat? No, uh, the reason why I have these objects, for the most part, is they were either given to me or I was I removed them out of out of places where they felt that these objects were triggers in from everything from bad luck to apparitions, to, you know, attacks and that sort of thing. Uh, are they actually haunted? Uh, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I can feel like a little something on them. Uh, I have a couple pieces here that I have. L- locally, we have a, a, a guy that's on the fast track of being a, a Catholic saint, uh, f- uh, Father Nelson Baker of Baker Victory. And, uh, I mean, I, 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 I venerate this guy. And, um, so if I have something that I feel is a little off, 
Uh, if I get a vibe off of it, you know, you get something that just doesn't feel right. I'll put a I'll put a blessed metal in with it, and usually settles it down. But it's you know That's what it's question. funny because mm-hmm. a friend of mine said uh, we should just make it we should make your basement into a museum, and it's already a museum. But I don't ever want to have it. It's I don't I only take pieces out when I'm speaking about haunted objects. That's the only time I take pieces out uh, as examples, and then they go right back into my cases. Uh, these these are things that are not to be joked around with. These are things, and here's here's the big thing. A lot of people ask me, "Well, don't you uh, have a lot of activity in your house?" I have no activity in my house. Isn't your wife afraid to pass it to go into the laundry room? No, because why? Because my belief is that I love each and every one of these objects. They came to me for a purpose. They came to me because something happened, and I'm the caretaker of them. And actually, I'll be honest with you, in my will, I have, uh, you know, where they're going to go after I pass away so that things don't, you know, get dispersed or disrespected. And again, that's my whole thing is that I'm very respectful, excuse me, of these haunted, of these, well, so-called, so-called haunted objects. I call them affected objects because of the fact that, uh, you know, they can... I guess in the right situation, uh, you know, cause a little havoc or make people upset or whatever, you know, that's what, yeah, yeah, I I was sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just gonna say, that's why I think you and Joey and Tanya mesh so well, like in that show is because they come out from the same thing. This is about the compassion side of just because this thing's haunted, everybody's picturing demons and they do all this stuff. It could just be the little old lady that was so attached to this piece of silverware that she doesn't want to let it go. And it's not well, exactly. its not this malevolent evil spirit. It's just this lady that just does not want Tim to have her china. He right. has my plate and I don't want to give it up. And so it, it keeps moving. And that's, well, that's you have it. To, and plus on top of it, when I say haunted objects, it's automatically a negative connotation. Yep. I have I have a brass cross here that came from a monastery, a priest who was considered a living saint prayed to this every night, this this little brass cross. And when he passed away, uh, one of his friends, one of the other monks, had it in his room, and he woke up one night, and he saw the apparition of his friend kneeling in front of the cross, praying. So it kind of freaked them out, and they gave it to the abbot, and the, the abbot had it in his office for about a decade. And uh, uh, it uh, what happened was is that when they, you know, we know right now that so many convents and monasteries and that are are being closed and sold off by different dioceses, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, they wanted this to go to a, a, you know, a good place. And a friend of mine in Scotland, uh, it was given to him, and uh, he knew that I was very, you know, that I would respect it. And he said, listen, he goes, I really don't have any extra room. Would you like it? And I said, yes, please. And it'll always be respected here. And it's in my case. So everything is not negative. I have some really great that's stuff awesome. that's positive. You know, I mean, I have I have uh, uh, really just, you know, toys that were uh, a little child loved. I have this little tiny bear and it's a little tiny compact with a, with a mirror on it. And what happened was, was the parents... Lost a girl, little a little girl around about three or four years old, I think they said, and uh, this was like one of these are two of her favorite possessions. And when she passed, uh, 
uh, they were in her former bedroom and uh, it was always, it was cold in there and there's some stuff going on in there. And uh, they felt that while they were thrilled to have the child actually, uh, you know, come back to them, you know, I mean, the death of a child is one of the most terrible things that anybody can go through. Oh, yeah. uh, they didn't want them. They didn't want this to affect their other children. So I have it here in my collection, and uh, I think it's a wonderful. I think it's a wonderful uh, uh, memorial piece to that child. And that's. And I mean, that's why when when I go and I bring these pieces out and I explain that to people, oh, oh, that's fantastic. I have my grandfather's watch or whatever. You know, I always wondered. You know, when I when I I would wear it and I'd always feel good well yeah you feel good because it's your grandfather it's all we're we're all vibrating you know you know what i mean mm -hmm. we're all frequency and his frequency is still in that object that's you cool. know when you put it on there you know you're it's it's a connection with you and that yeah. to me is what you know it's, it's it's a haunted object and again i mean we're talking haunted objects the reason why they call them haunted objects of course is you know tv and you yeah, know, media and stuff. I mean, it, it they sensationalize it, but in real life, it really isn't. I mean, I and then the other flip side, I've got pieces of I got a 1940s voodoo doll, I've got dolls made out of Peruvian mummy cloth. Uh, uh, you know, I have I have some kind of freaky stuff, but it's all wonderful. I mean, I love it, I respect it, you know. And yeah, I mean, because I could see like Tim Shaw's you know, collection of toys that kids really loved and don't want to let go of is, isn't going to draw the, the ratings. Like, no. you know, Tim Shaw's haunted objects, you know, ooh, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, I was, I was curious. One of the questions like too, before we get too far, I mean, I really wanted to get, you know, especially with your thing. When did you discover that you were Bruce Willis and you saw dead people? <laughs> uh, I'll be honest with you, probably my whole life. Wow. And uh, the first, the first time I went to the Lilydale Assembly, we had relatives that were living down there. And the Lilydale Assembly is in Western New York and it's a spiritualist enclave is what it is and um it's about a mile square and everybody in there is a spiritualist and uh there are a lot of readers and that sort of thing so i got really i think my parents took me in there in 1972 and uh that was when i first went in there. i was like nine or ten years old and uh we used to be idiots and run around and uh, during tourist season you know you, they don't want idiots running around like us being crazy kids so they enrolled us in lyceum and uh which is a sunday school and uh we go out there and it was a it, what a great experience that was you know so uh you know they taught us all different things about spiritualism and the pioneers of spiritualism of course which i even question mm -hmm. but uh i mean i you know i attended children's seances when i was a young teenager we had done spirit rescue circles which is really close to uh paranormal investigations now except you didn't have all the fancy meters and, uh, you know, I just, I loved it. I mean, it, that's so like probably 1970s when I was younger and I didn't get serious into this. Now, I mean, I had always dabbled in it and I'd done gallery readings and served like the churches, and different things like that. But I didn't really get in really deep into it till like about 1982 to 84. So I got married in 82. So uh, probably about 84, I really decided to devote my, my life to what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. Wow. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Cause it's one of those, I won't lie. I am so jealous. It's, 
It's like oh. I am. I call myself a skeptical, you know, believer. I don't you know. Have to this... be. You have yeah. to be. Let me just. Let me just. I'm going to preface that because let me yeah. tell you something. I there's two ages in spiritualism. There's the golden age where everything it blew up from. Not really in the. Uh, it started in 1848, but it wasn't until after the Civil War. During the Civil War and after the Civil War, it just blew up because every you know everybody was desperate for that communication for all those those kids that were killed and never made it back home again. You know. And uh, uh, there's a second age. It's called the golden age of spiritualist fraud. And growing up, seeing this, I mean, I saw the billet readers, I, which is not all frauds, but it's an easy, it's mm -hmm. an easy carny trick. There's so many carny tricks out there, and you have to watch and, and seance. It's, I teach it, and I know the tricks of the trade. And, I mean, that's why when I teach it, I make sure that nobody is screwing around, you know, and... Uh, you know, you have to watch everything. Now, the bottom line is, and this is something that I always teach, like in paranormal classes or when I'm talking to paranormal groups. What do you want? Do you want to go and have that look at me thrill moment? Because you get this EVP that somebody faked and it went, "I love you, Chris." You know, something like that. Mm -hmm. Or do you want the truth? So, exactly. did you sit there for six hours and get nothing? But that's yes. the truth. We should be truth seekers in what we're doing. And so many people don't get that because everybody right now is everybody a wants a TV show. Everybody yes. wants to do this. I've been blessed. I mean, I get brought onto these things. I, you know, I go to conferences. I'm blessed. I'm lucky. I don't ask me how I, you know, I got a horseshoe up my rear end. You know, I don't, that's the best way I can, I can describe it, but we should be truth seekers. And we need to look at that in that way. When we have that, when we have that, mindset of being a truth seeker then everything's in balance and then we're able to go and find different things and you know i mean i yeah, have I friends that. whenever i get an evp that i question i send it out to my, a buddy of mine at a university tear it apart i don't know what it is i don't have a clue uh if i have a personal experience where i see something now i've got a i got a messed up eye so uh let's try to let's try to go and 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 you know, replicate it. Yeah. Did I turn a corner and see something there? Or did I turn a corner and see a car go by and it cast a shadow? Question everything. Don't, you know, the too many people uh, in this day and age uh, and our society encourages us to be pablum fed. Don't think, you know, you know, what, what, do, what do they tell you on TV? You know what? Buy this insurance, go to fast food, and get Viagra for guys. That's what that's what's on TV all the time, yep. right? And you people don't question. People don't understand like the ghost shows. It's entertainment. It is a product that sells commercials. I know it. I've been on yeah. it. And the idea is if you're doing this for the right reason, question everything. And don't be upset if somebody goes and debunks you. You know how many times I've been debunked? I think I was debunked 10 times this month. <laughs> you know? well, the, the, and that's, that's the thing is like what people are they're like, well, I don't want to be made fun of. I'm like, I don't agree with the people that mock people. I go, you see a picture, you see, I think I've captured something right here that, you know, it's like you said with the debunking, there's, there's a whole way to go about it. I mean, there has to be, we're in a yep. field that there is no set guidelines. Exactly. So how do you, the only way to be taken seriously is for everybody to, as a collective thing to come together 
and peer review your evidence. I'm, I'm sorry. You're exactly. not going to, every time you go out, you're not going to come back with 10,000 photographs of ghosts and spirits and orbs. I go, it's not, if that was a the case, then this would not be a pseudoscience. This would be fact. We would have, you could go to university of Michigan and get a degree in ghost um, investigations. Exactly. Exactly. And if you don't do that, you're doing a disservice, not only to yourself, but to your own belief. Now, a lot of times what people don't realize, again, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's a pseudoscience. It's not a true science. We, it's, repeatability is almost rare. So what else is left? What is it? It falls within the realm of belief. And when yep. it falls under the realm of belief, you either have to believe what's going on and question it. Or take it and just you know and and you know to go go to the vet and take the shot. You know what I mean? That that's mm -hmm. the way it works. And I'm not one that's going to go. I'm not going to sit there and I'm not going to say this is this is miraculous. I'm the. I mean, you know, I I've seen some unbelievable stuff. I've personally witnessed some stuff that I can't explain. But that's it, that's know, why debunking stuff makes that so cool. Exactly. Exactly. My buddy just my buddy Frank. Uh, Got this great security video from uh, Western Block in uh, Lockport, New York, and it's a shadow that goes by. You know what they did for hours after they got it? For hours, they went there and tried everything to debunk it. They can't. They tried. I mean, they they tried everything. Now, yep. is is it is it a spirit? I can't say it's a spirit. Nobody can say it's a spirit. But what we can say is. It's not A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Exactly. You know, because we tried to re replicate it. And that is what's important. And that's what's, that's what's so cool. It's like when, when you see people like, you know, investigators like yourself that actually go in. Because that was something that Joey and Tanya, they taught you know, like ghost hunting. I don't, I don't use the term hunting anymore because we're not actually out trying no. to harm them. We're out doing an investigations research. When you take somebody like yourself that has that approach... Um, Greater Boston Paranormal Associates are a lot like this too. Mm -hmm. They gum, they go into it in this fashion where we're trying to gather this evidence, and then if it's something, it's something. If it's not, it's not. I go, but if you try to make stuff, makes manufacture something, like you said, you hear, you know, we'll talk about the favorite TV show. Did you hear that he said I'm going to die? And you're like, that's not what it said at all. <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, everything but, is this ominous thing. And you're like, that's not that's not what had happened. I go, you can't just make it up. And how many times, and seriously, and how many times, uh, you know, do, do you get, like, on the uh, on, on a Ouija board or a talking board, Zozo? I get it all the time. And it's like, no, you're not Zozo. You know, don't give me this crap. And yeah. it's like, you know, you have to go and you have to question it. And you have, I mean, and again, you have different entities out there that are parasitical in nature and whatever, you know, but I mean, you've got to question it, question everything, make sure that you don't leave any stones unturned and that, you know, you have to uncover what's the truth and you have to be able to do that. And that's like I say, all these people with like Ouija boards and stuff, they all get like all freaked out and it's like, dude, it's, it's a piece of cardboard, man. Don't be, don't be freaking out. There's something about it. I just, I can't, I won't allow one in my house. I won't do it. I was just, but I was going to think, cause you've got all those Ouija boards, greater Boston Par paranormal, Ava Nagy. She had, um, they have a video she plays and have you ever had the board spin? Yeah. 
that, that they had that right, they're holding there and the that, board that, started moving yeah that goes right along with table tipping and table turning uh within the spiritualist religion and seance That's it crazy. works on the same it works on the same principle and uh i mean it but like with me it doesn't freak me because of the fact it's like you know yeah it's... do something do something that really shocks me you know <laughs> over the years it's like this stuff does, i'm pretty jaded by it but i mean it's, yeah. it's you know you have and again you have to be respectful too many people aren't you know i there was a, a case where college kids were, were messing with a ouija board and it was a kegger <laughs> so they're all like you know getting all messed up and they're all you know smoking dope and getting you know high and relaxed let's break out the ouija board of course what the hell are you going to get like attracts like which is part of our natural laws which we're taught you know right from the beginning when we when we first start getting into spiritualism what are you going to get well that's the type of energy that's going to come to you so yes. that's what you're going to have and guess what sometimes that stuff sticks around usually it's only about four days or so you know uh, you get like an attachment that's in there, but you know, sometimes it gets a little bit more stubborn. So you got to go in there and what my mentor did when the one that uh, we were talking, you know, that taught me a lot about table turning and table tipping and that sort of thing. She went there and she taught this group how to properly work with a Ouija board because she told me, you know, what's going to happen. We go in this, whatever this house or dorm or whatever it was. Uh, and we do our cleansing thing and, and you know, we kind of raise the energies up. They're going to go and they're going to have a party some night, their kids. And guess what? They're going to bring out a Ouija board. And guess what's going to happen? The same thing. So, you know, if you do it properly, it's nothing more than a tool. To me, a Ouija board is, is nothing more than an audio recorder. Uh, you know, it's nothing more than, you know, any any meter that you use. The thing that is important is that no matter what you're using, tool divination or meters or modern stuff, be respectful. That's all. Just be respectful. Like with me, I mean, if we have to go in for something that might be a little nasty, I'm not too respectful because I, you have to be forceful in those situations. But if you're on an investigation where, you know, if you might feel that it's a child or it's, it's not, you're going into a location that's more benign. Uh, be respectful. That's all. Or if you're just starting out and you've never mentored under somebody that uh, uh, has worked with negative energies, be respectful. Because the more respectful you are, the less likely it is that you know something may attach, or or you may you know have the energy that you know may may have you know give you problems in the future. Just be respectful. It's real simple, guys. It's real simple. And the other thing is, is everybody you know everybody watches all these shows and all the stuff. I'm no different, you know. I was brought up on the Exorcist and the haunting and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, dude, don't you can't fear this stuff. I don't fear it. It's natural, you know. There's nothing paranormal in the world. It's normal. Nothing supernatural. It's, it's just natural. Science just hasn't caught up with it yet. That's the way I look yeah, at it. And by looking at it in that way, I'm not afraid of it. The minute that you're afraid, that's where you open up a chink in your armor, and you can, you know, you can help, you know, you can hurt yourself. And that's why so many people. You know, I have so many like new agers. I keep calling them new agers just as a genre uh, that call me because they feel that they get over their heads when they go and they cleanse these houses and do this other stuff. And it's like, well, if you do one, you should be able to do the other. Why do you fear it? Why? What? What yeah. is it that you're scared of? Oh, it's when you're in the dark and you're doing something, and then you think you think about the exorcist, like puking that pea soup out or her head flying around or whatever. You know. <laughs> 
that's what that's what people that's what people think, and you've got to be you got to get over that. Yeah, and it, it, kind of that way because I mean I've got tarot cards right there. I mean I've got those, but I'm like this Ouija, Ouija board. No, I won't have a Ouija board in my house. You know, it's just it's like yeah, I, so I don't understand. I just bought some uh, really cool uh, antique tarot, tarot and uh, uh, old reading cards and. I, I just love them. I mean, I, I was up at Cleveland Aud or Cleveland Curiosities last or two weeks ago. And uh, man, I just put them in my hand. They went, oh, no, you know what? I don't care what they cost. These have to come home with me because these are like, these were definitely like calling me, you know? So they're in my, they're right now they're in my pile of uh, 1970s and 60s esoteric games. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's I love the fact that you got it categorized. <laughs> it's just, you got it over there. Just It's in this eclectic section that's, you know, it stretches between the 1960 and 1970s. I'm like, yeah, that's one of the things I, I want to, you need to have the basement and we you know you need to have the tour, you know, go so everybody can see that. Cause that, that would be fantastic. I, I, my, my neighbor, we just moved into this house like two days. We got the furniture in this house two days before the world shut down with the plague. And, uh, you know, my yeah, there you go, Miss Cleo. I love Miss Cleo. She I is, know. I, she, that's, she, she, I got she, it off she, of eBay, and I'm just if if this isn't the epitome of growing up in the '80s and the '90s, yep. right here. Yep. Yep. yep oh my a, God. Yeah. You know, she she's right up there with uh, Jean Dixon out in the National yep. Enquirer. But you know, uh, my neighbor, uh, kind of like saw me on on something I, they were running a i don't know they were running a all these episodes of some some show i was on and uh she asked me was that you and so eventually i, I let her come down here and look at the museum she's just like looking around going wow <laughs> you know? yeah I'm like well it's not really a museum it's just like my little collection just a little just a little bit yeah, it takes about it's, an hour to go through everything. <laughs> yeah, mine's mostly skulls and stuff like that behind me. That's it's just my, that's always been my thing. It's I, I probably kids thought, you know, people thought I was a little crazy as a kid. You know, if you looked at the paperwork there in church and it's just nothing but skulls drawn all over the place. And so, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Yep. No, it, it's, you know, I needed, I just thought about it. It's like, here we are, you know, about we're already 45 minutes plus into this thing, you know, and I never talked about your website i apologize <laughs> <laughs> i just i'm thinking about we're just having fun so it's timothy and so here's the the main page um you got the bio you got the fo links events that he's in the, obviously the link to the show the black cat lounge but you know with we've been talking about your haunted and unusual objects um you know i want to kind of touch on a little bit too about um your how many books are you an author of uh, I'm trying to think. I a six six outright, and then I've helped on a bunch. You know, I've I've, I've worked on uh, my little sister's book, Marla Brooks, uh, Animal Spells and Magic. I've uh, provided photographs for uh, Corvus Nocturnum. Eric, uh, oh God, I can't think of his. I can't think of his mundane name. Uh, but I've done uh, photographs for haunted prisons and haunted asylums. Uh, oh my God, I you know. You know, it's funny because uh, if somebody asks me for help, I never, I never refuse. You know, that's the one thing that uh, I think that uh, uh, so many authors are always afraid to like give their give their best stories out. Uh, a friend of mine up here uh, wrote a great book about 
uh, the Ghost Light Theater, which was a former German church, and I love it. I love it. Now it's a theater. It's so beautiful. I just love being in there. It's got great vibe to it. They And they always have some fantastic th- – I think they have, like, Dawn of the Dead, and then they're going to have Nosferatu mm-hmm. again, you know. That they, oh, that's their, awesome. Their, their productions are fantastic. But she asked me about my, you know, what ha- you know, did I ever have an experience there? Well, of course I did. And I shared it with her, and she put it in her book. You never go and you never – not help somebody who's really working. And that's the whole thing. You should be a cheerleader for everybody instead of being, you know, in competition, which is tough. I mean, egos and all that really come into play. Instead of being competition, you should be, you know, helping people, you know, follow their dreams. And I think that's the best way I can describe it, you know? So yeah, I've done a, I've written a few, I've written a couple things. I I couldn't tell you how many articles I've (laughs) <laughs> written over the years i you know i you know they, they, they've they've gone from everything from the local uh uh the local uh scandal sheets all the way to uh you know some at the time major magazines and uh so i i couldn't even tell you i couldn't even tell you how that you know how many of those you've you know how long how many years have you been married uh 30 no, not to put you on the spot in case you get it wrong oh i'm i'll, I'll tell you this one i'll tell you this one we'll uh We've been together forty, so we got married in eighty-two. Wow, so that's, can do the math. Congratulations! That's older than me. Oh, yeah. That's that, old. Listen, that's older than. Listen, I was there when Moses was bringing down them damn that, Ten Commandments. You can thank me for <laughs> for screwing up that other tablet. You guys would have been really screwed if you had to follow those rules, baby. Okay. Let me tell you. Wasn't that the probably one of the best cinematic moments in, you know, the, it from Mel Brooks when you got History of the World and God movie. has given us these fifth. <laughs> ten, ten commandments. I, I love that. Yeah, that, uh, that's one of the best commentaries. But no, I because the reason I brought up your wife is, you know, as much people, nobody understands just how critical it is to have that partner in life. It doesn't matter. Absolutely, it doesn't matter who it is. It's just when you have that soulmate, when you have that partner, when you have that person with you that you know is in your corner that you can. If you're having a bad day, you can just go go to them, let them know what it is. And you guys, 40 years, you know, you've found your rocks for each other. You know, the, it's, and it's, I'm go next month is 26 years. That's great. And so That's it's great. for me, you know, so we've, we've dated for four and we'll be married for 22. And it's just, and I can't. I can't tell people just how much I rely on her and just how much having that behind me. And that's why I wanted to get, get with you is just your wife's support. How much has that meant to you throughout these years, through all your oh. endeavors and stuff for, you know, to She's, keep you going? Well, first off, she, we, uh, she knew I was into this, but as she likes to say, and I don't know if I can say, you can bleep me if you want, but she goes, I know I always knew you were into this, but I didn't know how deep you're, you're into this shit. That's the way, that's, that's the way she tells her friends. She never, that's she, awesome. She, she, that's And to be honest with you, she knew I was into it, but even on her honeymoon, I saw somebody in our bedroom in the Bahamas, you know, Really? and I jumped up and, you know, yelling, get out of here. And she didn't know whether to run to the bathroom and lock herself in or what was going on. So, I mean, uh, she over the years now, if, I'll be honest with you, when she first started seeing me do gallery, which is where I bring messages through, like in in religious services, or I do, you know, I do different galleries, you know, in, in different different locations. Uh, at first, it kind of freaked her because it was like, where is he getting this information from and all that? But now mm-hmm. over the years, she knows that I'm 
thoughts and uh you know i uh you know i just you know if i see something shiny i go in and look at it that's just that's just the way i am <laughs> that's just the way i am yeah that's... and uh you know she's like you know this stuff it doesn't bother her she's not into it i mean she is into it but she's not like you know everybody goes does she go with you to the confer uh the conferences does she investigate with you and that no she doesn't uh you know, we'll go on vac- we'll go on vacation if I'm doing something. Uh, I'll go and do it myself, and then come back. And then I always try to make time. You know that we do something special together. And uh, you know, tomorrow night we're going to uh, uh, a class on uh, bullet journaling and just stuff like that. You know, just to have fun. We're gonna the Van Gogh uh, exhibition that that total immersion exhibition is going to mm-hmm. be here, and she bought me tickets for my birthday, so. Uh, we go and do stuff like that. So that's something yeah. crazy, isn't it? Just you know, you know, a little side note on that one because I've seen the ads where you're just you're sitting there and it's just it's all around you. You're just, yeah. that that is that's incredible. I can't wait. I just can't wait. Yeah, you know. I don't. And then, I don't want to go. I don't want to go back to my disco days and take some ecstasy and, and go and see that. I want. I'm going to see that one totally like straight. You know. <laughs> I don't right. think I could handle. I don't think. I don't think if you got high and went in to see that, I don't think you could handle it. You give it, it, it a shot. That intense. You can get with a shaman to get some psychedelics and be okay. Listen, listen. I did a sweat lodge, and I did, and I did, I did mushrooms in or uh, the peyote buttons in a uh, in a soup once, and uh, I'll never do that again. <laughs> uh-uh. No way. I, it was it was the most intensive experience I ever had in my life. So, so how the, was that experience? It was it was interesting. It was great because he uh, was in there with uh, uh, with some uh, elders. And the elders were speaking in, we were up in Canada, actually, when we were doing it. And they were speaking in their native tongue. And I thought, I, I'm not sure if they're Huron or not, but uh, it's, it's, it was on like a Mohawk reservation. And uh, uh, I would say about 10 or 15 minutes into it, I they were speaking English. The, the guy was, they, there was one guy there that was interpreting, but it was like, I could understand exactly what they were saying. Wow! So it was it was a crazy experience. I mean, I've done vision quests and, and stuff like that. I uh, back when I was in college uh, at Madai College in Buffalo, New York, they used to have a, a sensory isolation tank. If you ever saw Altered States, the very last one that that he de-evolutionized into, that's the one. It's a was a Siddhara isolation tank, and I logged like 50, 60 hours in there over a short period of time. And I mean, wow. you, you go into hallucinations and that. So it was, I mean, you know, so these things are all, you know, relative to me. It's all part of, uh, part of that sensory, uh, that's that, that whole sensory experience. And I think that's why I'm, I'm the way I am because, uh, I really feel that it's important to know about it. And I mean, the minute I found out that they had, a, they had a tank at that time. I mean, I, I volunteered immediately. You know, that's, that's awesome. I mean, and that's and it's all about it. I mean, it's, it's it's the experience. I think it's the personal experience that drives me more than anything else. And I'll be I just turned 64 years old. And, uh, dude, I went and I, I just don't think twice about it because of the fact that uh, I've had nine bladder operations and a couple of chemos and that sort of stuff. And the one thing I'll tell you is that you have to grab got to grab life by the balls, man. And you got to you got to live it. And that's what's so important about it. And that's why I think the personal experiences are so great. And to follow your dreams is so great. And, you know, to be good with people as best you can and, you know, volunteer, (laughs) do something that you want to do because you got to live life. Because I worked for 34 and a half years for a municipality and you're only there eight hours. 
So you can be miserable for eight hours, but you've got the rest of the time that you can do and be quality. You can become, you know, you're not defined. So many guys I know, people I know were defined by what they did. And I was never defined by that because the minute I got out of work, bang, I became who I wanted to be. And I followed my own path. And, you know, I, I can't complain, man. I, I agree. I, re- I, I did 34 and a half years and I retired early at 58 and I've been enjoying life ever since. I don't I'm stop. A, I'm on the fast track there to be retired at 52. That a boy. That's what I want to hear. That's yeah. what I want to hear. I'm on the I'm on the slower track of being um, 30 years in at 72. <laughs> Eight <laughs> hours a day, buddy. Eight uh, hours a day. You got the rest of the time for quality. Yeah, Don't no, I, that's that. no. I tr- trust me. They, they give me a hard time showing up to work. I'm there. I get pull in there. It's like we start work at seven. I'm come rolling in at six fifty six, six fifty seven. They're like, "Why aren't you here earlier?" I'm like, "One, I like being in bed next to my wife." I'm there snuggled up with her, the dog. I, I go, life is great. I go, I get out. I'm there. I go, I'm not a supervisor. I don't have to be here a half hour early. I go, I'm, at work, I'm at work at 630 because I feel late if I'm not there by 630, 645. He comes in at two minutes to seven. I'm like, oh, there goes Craig. <laughs> I, listen, I, listen, I used to roll in. And then we used to plow snow up here in Western New York. You know, I mean, I worked concrete and asphalt during the summer almost my whole life and plowed at night, you know, when and the winters came. And I'll tell you what, it was like, you know, I got news for you. I'm not coming in and giving you an extra minute that I don't have to give you because yes. of the fact that, yes. uh, <laughs> you know, I am here and I am cognitive. I'm not drunk. I'm awake. Yep. You know, I'm ready to go. But. You're not getting any extra time. Besides, that barn used to smell like ass. It was terrible. Yeah. That truck bound barn, there was nothing worse than 60 guys working uh, 72 hours on an emergency with four toilets, man. That thing was like, it was ass. That's the only word you can describe it. So I tried not to stay. I tried not to uh, be there that much. <laughs> no, I, I was. it was just one of those things. Yeah, it's just, it's people like said, it's like, but yeah, you got to be here to be ready. And I'm like, I, I'm like, there's nothing I have to prepare for. I get in the truck and we go. I go, it's, I got everything prepared the night before. I got my, got my clipboard, my papers all right exactly. here. I go. Exactly. I'm, I did all my, yeah. I do. I, I used, <laughs> I, I used to go and I used to estimate jobs. I'm all set to go. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know when I, I know, I know how much tonnage I need. I know what equipment I need and I know my crew, what's coming on. And I was like, bang, 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 bang every day. Never had a problem. Yeah. Th- one thing too, I thought you were in a Flint napping too, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, it was funny because, uh, I, it was something that I always wanted to do and, uh, like attracts like I, one guy told me about another guy and then up on the res, uh, they were, they were talking about, you know, how their life paths their life ways are being forgotten. So I thought, wouldn't it be great to have somebody come up here and, and teach the kids how to flint nap, make traditional arrowheads and, you know, that sort of stuff. And uh, I ran into a guy and in, uh, in Caledonia, New York, and he taught me and it was great. And then, you know, I was able to teach somebody else and that was brought back and, and other people started doing it. And it's, it's, it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating uh, thing. And it's, you can be pretty beautiful. I mean, the, the, the pieces themselves are absolutely gorgeous, but I mean, to me, it's sort of like uh, creating something from nothing. You know, you have a rock mm-hmm. and then by going and just being patient and understanding and actually just feeling how the rock is talking to you, you have to let the rock t- tell you, 
how to hit it and where it is. And you know, there's a, that piece is stuck. It's like, it's, it's, it's like sculpting that piece is stuck there someplace and it's up to you to free it. And it's, it, it, it's great. It's a, uh, it, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And I was really into like survival stuff. I used to do like weekends, just living off the land. I took mm -hmm. classes with the, the American survivalist and uh, uh, I'll be honest with you. I call him a, a mystic uh, Tom Brown jr. At the Omega, uh, institute in rhinebeck new york uh it and it and i mean it was it, it again it's all part of that that whole spiritual journey and what you know a lot of people ask me i had a i had a host ask me uh you know what's the difference between me and other people and first of all there is no difference between me and other people but i think with me i just never stopped learning i just am fast so fascinated and what I do is I take a subject and I learn as much as I possibly can get to in my brain. Mm -hmm. And when I become competent in it, it no longer has that fascination. And I move on and I find something else that fascinates me. And I've, I, that's my whole life. I've lived from one really, you know, fascinating experience to another. And I, I can't complain, even, even my health. You know, I look at it and like, yeah. you know, and if I look at it in the, the in, in context, a lot of people would say it's pretty terrible. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, it, it was an experience. Yeah, it, good and bad. It was an experience. And you've got to be able to push yourself out, you know, of what it is. So you, you got to be able yeah. to learn everything that you can possibly learn in life. Uh, everything that interests you because. And 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 the and I'll be honest with you, it's not like I spent like a ton of money. I always just went, and this was in the, the the days, of course, um, the days well before uh, uh, the internet, where you could find anything. Uh, you know, I just was lucky. I put it out there in my mind, just saying, "Listen, I'm going to find somebody that that flint naps. I'm going to find somebody that learns how to do it. I'm going to get connected in some way." Bang, you know, that's a month later, that's the way it worked for me. Yeah, we had, I was a cub master for my son's Cub Scouts. And we went to, we went to a gathering of the different oh. packs and troops in the area. And there was a guy that was teaching flint napping right there. And he was, he had all the kids together. They were all sitting around. We're in this thing. And he's like, all right. Now here, he was showing everybody. And he's like, now, boys, now when you find one of these on the ground, what do you do? You know, some of the kids were like, leave it right there. Other ones were like, put it in my pocket, you know, and take it. And they're like, no, no, you must do it. it and he's like, because this is a sacred space where this is found. And I, I exactly once he was done, I raised my hand. I said, only here. We're also assuming that it wasn't. They were just riding along, and the little one didn't just reach into Dad's pouch of arrowheads and accidentally dump it out. And now, what we think is a cultural site, it was actually just a spot that that kid got scolded for losing all the arrowheads that were just <laughs> napped back True. at the. Yeah, it is. So I told him, I go, you know. So I was like, so it. It, I'll ask you. So, I mean, really, is every place we find an arrowhead really a sacred site, or is this possibility they just camped there and you know the kid dumped out the arrowheads? It's almost a, it's like it's like metal detecting. I know a lot of I know a lot of ironheads out there that uh, look for Civil War stuff, and I and, and as you can tell, I collect Civil War. I'm surrounded by mm -hmm. everything in this part of my office, and uh, you know what? Sometimes somebody just drops something and. That's where it ended up. Is there anything le anything more in there? And they'll, they'll spend a week canvassing everything and they won't find another thing. It's in a, it's an anomaly. It's the one thing, yep. one thing. And you know what, to me, it just proves that 
sometimes it's meant to be that one little piece that you find. I got a, I got a neat story mm -hmm. about uh, sacred space and, and finding stuff. So at, at Omega, uh, Tom Brown Jr. would go and he made us all like project ourselves out because that's part of his philosophy. You project yourself out and find that sacred space. Find that sacred space. And we would close our eyes and project ourselves outward. So then he goes, go find it. And I want you to stand there. So we go out there and I mean, everybody was all over the place. And, you know, I was off like with the poison ivy, you know, that's, that's <laughs> my luck. You know, I'm like standing there, poison ivy. I got shorts on, you know, it's like, okay. You know, my sacred space here is going to be like massive itching for the next three days. <laughs> and uh, he had said, when you go there, look for something that will mean something only to you, no one else, only to you. And I'm standing there and I just let my gaze just kind of like get foggy and look off. And I found a tool. I found a, a, uh, a hammer stone and wow. it was a cobble and the, the, front of it was was all chipped away from the, from the whoever was working on it and then it had a sinew break where you could see where they they took the deer muscle and they separated mm -hmm. out into the individual threads the sinews and then they broke it to soften it on this rock and i picked it up and i went oh my god this is like unbelievable and only to me because i was flint napping and i mean i knew exactly what it was mm -hmm. and i mean we're in a, we're in a spot where you know the omega has you know, it's, you know, it's, it's been, you know, built up and backfilled and all this stuff. And to find that was amazing. So I went up to Tom Brown and I said, Tommy, look what I found. And he looked at me and I expected him to go, Oh my God, that's great. He goes, yeah, that's typical. <laughs> I just, <laughs> USOB, but it taught me a lesson. It taught me that what we're doing is very common and anybody can do it. And just, you know, be thankful that you found it and just know that it was because it was special to you that it was gifted to you. That's cool. And that's the way. And ever since then, I mean, that's sort of the way I kind of live my life, too. You know, so I'm, I'm pretty lucky like that. I mean, I can't think of a better way to end the show right there. That was awesome. <laughs> that was a, that was a fantastic story. I mean, man, I just look at the clock. I mean, it's been an hour and 10 minutes. All right. That's how fast it flies. That's quick. This was a quick show, guys. Yeah, you know what? Listen, I have above average hosts that are that are asking me above average. I'm not talking just scholastically. I am talking personality. I am talking. You guys are just beautiful human beings. Look at yourselves in the mirror. You should kiss yourselves. Jump back and kiss yourselves because you are that beautiful. All three that's gonna feel a little awkward, but uh, okay. Hey, man's got to have a hobby. <laughs> Even if it's awkward, we don't have. We won't listen. Chris won't talk bad about you. Well, maybe he will, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. That's no, everybody. You know. It's, May on, yeah, I appreciate you know, you said cool show. You know, just you've Joey was on here, you know, just commented a little bit, you know, talking about just he loved the conversation, you know, and so that's you know, everybody, April, Michael, it, it just Mona, it, Chastity. I mean, I got everybody just you know, can't thank you guys enough for tuning in, you know, and everybody just everybody, please go to timothytshaw.com, check that out, support him, yeah. Now your books are available. Can you get those on Amazon? Do you you have those linked directly through your page? I do. Most of too. most of the books are out of print again. Okay, you know, but I know that the one of my regional books is open, uh, and uh, 
I have two books right now that uh, I've just been, I'm, I'm too lazy to go. I've been doing other things uh, to finish. So I will have those probably up by uh, Christmas. This one is just going to be all about like doing seance and divination and that sort of thing. And another one is just, you know, some of my experiences that I've had over the years. Just and a little something to, to put out there and, and uh, uh, have fun with. Now, you're partnered up with the Hinsdale House Museum, correct? Oh, I love Hinsdale. Yeah, my buddy Dan Kless bought the house. And, you know, it was funny because I've known other people that have been associated with it because I first went up there in 2011 when they were going to tear it down. And uh, it's in a, to me, it's a very important site just mythologically in Western New York. And, and we have this terrible habit of like just bulldozing our own local urban mythology. And so I have this thing about that. And I remember when uh, this haunting was going on back in the 70s, mid 70s. And I still, it's funny, I still have like some, you know, newspaper article clippings that my mother didn't, luckily didn't throw out all my scrapbooks, but I still have it back from the 70s. And uh, we went up there and we had our own experiences. And my experience up there was pretty profound. But uh, when Dan bought the house, it was still in pretty bad shape. And Dan has done wonders with it. It's a beautiful place. It's, I went, you know, it's, it's it's an old farmhouse, and Dan has done such work to it. It's amazing, and uh, I can't I can't uh, thank Dan enough for saving that saving that true mythological and historically uh, interesting site. So I love doing that. I always I always try to push them as much as I can. Yeah. Is, is there anybody else that you want to plug? I know you said you helped. Is your sister is Marla Brooks, correct? Yeah, Marla Brooks, she's out of California, and uh, she uh, is an author. You can go to MarlaBrooks.com. She's got a bunch of books out there, workday spells and all sorts of neat stuff. And uh, I just want to go, and I just want to plug one other person. Uh, my uh, my good buddy, Joe Piari, uh, owns Paranormal Oddities, and Joe, to me, is a hero. He's a true hero to me because uh, he got the U.K. version, uh, U.K., well, version of COVID. He was in the hospital for like three weeks. Uh, he still has uh, some residual effects, but he opened up his store, which is a metaphysical and paranormal store, and he is soldiering on, and he's expanding, and we're going to be doing a lot of great stuff uh, at his store at a place called The Venue, which is right you know, within the same building. And, uh, you know, so if you guys are ever in Western New York, Depew, New York, uh, please go visit my buddy Joe at Paranormal Oddities. He's he's just uh, he's my he, I'm telling you he's my hero. What he went through it was just amazing. We're gonna and it's gonna be put great. that on the next you know we're gonna have a whole plot map everything from Boston to go see the Greater Boston Paranormal Associates <laughs> on the USS Salem to this. Yeah, we'll we'll be we're gonna have to make a you know two week road trip. Oh, and also uh, go see the go visit the USS Edson in Bay City, Michigan. I've had some un, I've had some crazy experiences on there. And I have to say, out of all the ships that I've investigated, that one is the was the most active. And I can't explain some of the things that I I witnessed. If you if you get there, have you been on the Salem? Yes. Okay. So that's yes. yeah. I was gonna say that's I got we gotta get on that one. So, but hey, Tim, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. Anytime, you guys are this great. Is, Seriously, we're, from the bottom we're of my heart, that. you're honored. You honor me for uh, bringing me on, and and I've looked. I've been looking forward to coming on. That's fantastic. I, that that 
means the world. You know, that's just somebody of your caliber looks at us, you know, that way that you're excited to come on. So wait a minute, just, Robert, you honor Robert, us. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't even know that I have, if I have pants on right now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you haven't stood up, so I'm, I'm going to give you respect just for that. I mean, just, <laughs> we just get on, and all of a sudden, you just see this pixelation. <laughs> yeah, so. It's just a little cloud, just a little cloud. Yes. Yeah, how, how you know if you were a good thing is if the person gives you this big pixel cloud, you know, not just, not just, this, li not just this little. <laughs> all right, well, hey. Tell the tell Nancy, you know, appreciate the time. You know, I said from you know, you've had an absolute blast. So loved it. I loved every minute of it. Thank you guys. All right. Well, we definitely is that we if you if you are up for it uh, down the road, we definitely need to have part two and have you on again. Absolutely. Sir. Anytime you want. Anytime All right. You want. So, long, so long as I'm in town, we're ready. All right. Well, we'll be we'll definitely be in touch. So thanks. Have a great night. Ciao, babies. Love you. All right. Bye. All right, everybody, this episode is brought to you by Nanny Cakes. Nancy Burke, for, go to Nanny Cakes 407 on Facebook or give her a phone call at 407-923-2898. Redbubble.com forward slash Three Beards Podcast. That is our merchandise site. Go there to support us or you can go to Patreon.com and adopt one of us beards so that way we can purchase beard oil to keep these things nice, as he says. Check us out on social media. Like, share, subscribe. We're trying to get YouTube. If we can get to a thousand subscribers, apparently unicorns come out of everywhere and you're able to do magical things. So if we can get to that thousand subscribers so we can at least find out if these are true. So by sharing us, really appreciate it. Everybody, please go to timthetshaw.com. Um, support the char charities that he's involved in. Check out the books. You can see his appearances, where he's going to be at. Support him, thank him for his endeavors because he is, even just from what I've watched and from talking to him right now, he is a genuine, genuine soul that really cares about people. And if you could turn around, you know, do the same thing in return and help him and the people that he cares about as well, that that would be amazing. So everybody, thank you for watching. Appreciate it, everybody. Have a great night.